Hello, this is The Playground and my name is Julia. In today's episode, I did another audio snippet compilation and the common theme throughout these audio snippets was the idea of comfort. And I chose a song for today's episode that to me reminds me of like putting on a really nice, comfortable, worn in winter jacket. It just fits you, it makes you warm, it is comforting. What's really interesting about this song is that the lyrics aren't exactly the most comforting lyrics. What I find interesting about recognizing that the song, while I find it to be comforting, but not having the song inherently be a comforting song, is the idea of finding comfort in things that aren't comfortable. That kind of sounded like just a lot of words, but what I'm trying to say is sometimes you find comfort in things that aren't exactly healthy for you because it becomes your default. That's what you're used to. That's what you're familiar with. I would say this song to me brings back so many memories. It evokes a lot of nostalgia for me. And even though this song, again, this, the meaning of the song isn't exactly the most comforting. This song in general brings me comfort. This song is by Brockhampton and I think I've mentioned in previous episodes before, Brockhampton to me is a band that I find comforting. I spent a lot of time listening to it with a friend that I found comfort in and I always associate this music with that friend and I associate so many memories and feelings with this band. I think that Brockhampton has a pretty unique sound. I like to think that whenever their songs come on, I'm able to recognize it. One of the lines in the song is, know you got your own shit and all of it together and know you got your own space right here forever. That line is at the very beginning of the song and Whenever I was going through a hard time in my life, I would always listen to this song and really repeat this line to myself. It was comforting to hear this line, in fact. But in the following verses, there are lines that aren't so comfortable. For example, mood is always better whenever you're not around. Or look how I'm wild in and I'm still broke. You still think I'm a joke. I still think I'm a joke. I still think it ain't gonna work out. Leave that shit. So many lines in here are really exploring one's own insecurities and what's interesting about insecurities is that, again, you can get really comfortable with how you view yourself and while you are familiar with your insecurities and feel comfortable identifying with those, doesn't necessarily mean that having those insecurities are what is most empowering to you. That is to say that everyone has insecurities and not having insecurities is typically not realistic. Everyone has good days and bad days and how they view themselves, but I think what's really interesting to me is that when you get so entrenched in a negative headspace, that typically is what feels most comfortable to you and I, from experience, have experienced times where I felt very happy and I was very shocked to feel that way because I had become so familiar with my 
feelings of sadness or anxiety. Some more lines that really stood out to me are, tell me goddamn what God made me for. I don't even love no more. I don't even trust no more. Some things outside of my control, I need some space, I need to roll. So I go blame my soul, but I couldn't hide, you swear and you cry. So many lines really are introspective and kind of poke at feelings that I'm really used to and don't necessarily make me feel the best, but I always go back to the song for comfort, which I do find interesting. In fact, I've been thinking a lot lately about the type of music I listen to and a lot of the music I listen to happens to be kind of exploring the more difficult emotions. All this to say, I hope you enjoy the episode. This is Ginger by Brockhampton. Oh, you got your own shit and all of it together You know you got your own space right here forever And you know you got your own Know you got your own Know you got your own Know you know you got your own Know you got your own shit and all of it
it's Julia and I am sitting outside right now. I was going on a neighborhood walk and there are these benches in my neighborhood and I decided to sit down and look out on the view. Sitting here made me think about how humans construct areas to make themselves feel artificially safe. And yes, there is a level of safety living in a house, in a specific area, in a specific place, with people that you trust and care about. But looking at this outlook, I see a lot of neighborhoods. I see houses, I see trees and flowers, and they're all specifically put into a place that offers security and a sense of comfort for the people living in the neighborhood and for the people living in the house. And it just got me thinking about how these human constructed areas, are they really giving security? The type of security that they were meant for. It's interesting because the other day I was also taking a walk and I saw a bobcat at the top of the mountain. It was so striking to see. And all that bobcats are known to be animals that attack people, but it just made me think about how regardless of the man-made areas we build, there's always going to be danger or nature that comes in. And again, not that nature is inherently dangerous, but to see the bobcat in a suburb, <laughs> I guess I just never have seen anything like it before. I feel like this idea kind of extends into the larger idea of just humans trying to create comfort for themselves, whether it be the ideologies they hold, the patterns that they follow. It makes me wonder if safety is all we're ever trying to achieve. And I know what some people might say, like, oh, what about adrenaline junkies or people that are risk takers? I think there's a source of comfort in that. Maybe the comfort stems from that's a trait that they feel comfortable playing or rather a role that they feel comfortable playing. That's a trait that they feel comfortable doing because they've been doing it their whole lives. All this to say, I was talking with my sister recently about how life seems to just be an endless cycle of coping or searching for comfort, stability. There's really no real thought conclusion to this, but just a thought I had. Hey, it's Julia and I'm sitting in my bathroom right now and I wanted to talk about a thought I had recently, and this kind of goes along with the last little audio recording about being comfortable and stable in a man-made environment, but this is kind of about feeling comfortable and stable in a man-made relationship. And by that, I mean whatever relationship we create or cultivate, there's always a touch of our own needs within that relationship, whether or not those needs are met. 
because I think there is a sense of wanting comfortability and stability in any relationship. I know that there are some relationships where you're drawn to that person because they seem very exciting or impulsive. But again, maybe those characteristics that you're drawn to are characteristics that you're very familiar with. All this to say, I've been thinking a lot about trying to create relationships in which you do feel really comfortable in. I think that I am currently working on being a better friend, not only to another person, but to myself. I find that I tend to push aside my needs because I don't want to rock the boat or muddy the waters. But ultimately, that leads to a really unfulfilling friendship and a friendship that I'm not even happy in. And I would much rather be in a friendship that I'm happy in than be in a friendship where I am constantly exhausted having to be in it. And what's really interesting is is having difficult conversations are difficult. And so to kind of help me start my journey in having these difficult conversations, I started doing a little bit of research, like how to have difficult conversations, how to best approach a conversation in which might lead to the end of a friendship. And it was really interesting to kind of hold a lot of information with differing opinions and perspectives and then at the end, choose my solution. I think that there are many solutions out there and the one that I chose was most resonant with me and that there are some ideologies that I just don't agree with or maybe I have tried in the past and it hasn't worked in a way that felt like it brought me peace. So from my research, what I've realized is that there are two differing solutions. There probably are more out there, but the two main ones I came across is the first one being you need to kind of tiptoe around the difficult conversation while you hold your power and almost be in a passive role to see how the other person reacts and what you can gauge your own response. The other approach is really wholeheartedly being your true authentic self and not so much being afraid that they will leave but being more afraid that you are not honoring yourself and it's really interesting because the first solution is something that i am living by currently and the definition of insanity is doing something over and over again and expecting a different result i think i've spent a lot of my life trying to mirror the other person or trying to gauge the situation to best fit the needs of the other person and just trying to create and not even a harmonious relationship but a but a relationship where there wasn't any conflict i should say outwards conflict but there was always conflict in myself because i wasn't able to really articulate my needs by saying that you can kind of guess which solution i picked but What I found interesting about the first solution was that, in my eyes, this solution was trying to almost, in a way, give you a faux guarantee that by following these steps and by mirroring the other person, you will not lose them. And what's interesting to me is that, while they never blatantly stated that, what ends up happening is that you place a 
an importance of not losing the other person above losing yourself. And I have been in a situation where I've completely lost myself and it was such a jarring experience having to try to remember who I was, what I wanted, what my needs were, something that I experienced and would not recommend, but if need be, you have to go through it. It's an experience that has really shaken me to the point where I don't ever want to get to a place like that again. Now, I think that this first solution might work for numerous people. To me, the solution did not work because again, when you focus on trying to create and control a situation so you don't lose somebody, I think you, you really lose sight on what's most important. And in my eyes, the most important thing is to create a life that is suitable to you and what makes you comfortable. Which kind of goes back to, again, my previous audio snippet of just humans trying to create spaces and even in this audio snippet, relationships that make them feel comfortable. I don't remember if I said this in my last audio snippet, but I was talking to my sister where I told her, like, I feel like life is constantly a cycle of trying to create comfort, find comfort, find stability, trying to cope with the with life, really. And that really brings me to the second solution, which is being showing up fully authentically yourself. I think this solution kind of comes with a level of nuance in that you kind of have to know who you are. You have to know what you need to be happy. A lot of the times, people don't know. I mean, I've even been in situations where I know I'm unhappy, but I don't know what I need. This takes a level of self-reflection, self-awareness to really get to what you need. And there are levels too. I have realized through my therapy that sometimes, so this is an example from my therapy and this is just one example of so many, but the level of needs kind of comes through when you feel like I need constant communication every single day. There's a deeper meaning to that and that maybe you need connection, you need deep connection. And you think that in order to gain that, you need a constant communication every single day. Communication, levels of communication rather, and levels of connection differ from person to person. And to understand what level you need, again, comes from self-reflection and understanding yourself. All this to say, the second solution to me feels like a more evolved way of dealing with relationships. Because when you think about life abstractly and philosophically, everything ends, nothing is forever. There's a level of having to be okay with losing something, someone that you care about. That is terrifying. But I think the level of respect you have for yourself and that you don't want to keep living the same dynamic of just being unhappy in a dynamic, to me, is a more authentic way of living. I gravitated towards the solution because not only is this a solution that I have yet to try, but also because there is truth to it. Without being able to speak your truth and what you need, what, may, what will make you feel like, you're, like you have inner peace, is something that is incredibly effective in any kind of relationship. It's really scary to 
I mean, in my experience, it's really scary to communicate my needs because of the stigma that what if I'm coming off too needy? What if this person rejects my needs and ends up leaving? The fear of abandonment, the fear of being let down, the fear of they're not meeting my needs maybe because I'm not good enough in their eyes. So many fears are entangled into this one sector of just trying to communicate something that you need to be happy. I know growing up, I was taught to put aside my needs when you really loved someone. It was something that I really looked up to and wanted to embody, but the more I learn and experience love, the more I realize that love is not always about putting someone before you, especially if it comes at the cost of your own happiness and well-being. I think that when taking the second solution, I need to be prepared for loss, but also a gain in knowing that I'm doing this for myself. Saying that makes me realize that I need to work on self-worth. Why is it so difficult for myself to accept that this is what I need to be happy while wholeheartedly knowing that if my friend came to me and asked for something that would make them happier, I would hands down try my darnest to make sure that I'm able to do that for them. It makes me sad that I feel like I'm a burden when I need to talk about something that is affecting me. I think another level is that I'm scared of what the other person will think and perceive of me if I do communicate this. For example, my fears immediately go to, oh my goodness, why does she feel like she has any sort of authority is the wrong word but it's really the only word i could think of like why does she think power maybe like why does she think she has this level of authority to even say this again insert whatever word is the right one i just honestly can't think of the word right now but i feel like a fraud saying this like i think of my friends and i think of how friendship a lot of the times and I feel like I'm going to completely change my mindset when I think about this more but I feel like a lot of friends especially like in high school where everything was convenient in terms of geographic location and just seeing each other on a regular basis like friendship seemed so easy back then I didn't really have to examine what it meant to have my needs met in high school and that sounds so silly because as you learn and grow not only do your needs also evolve but things change people move that circumstance calls for a different type of friendship different needs might pop up because of different circumstances all this to say sometimes i think back to old friendships and i talk myself into thinking well, my old friendships didn't need this level of communication, but I think that's just kidding myself because those friendships had different circumstances. I was a different person back then even. I'm so much more aware of the person I am now and what type of 
needs I have in having a healthy, happy friendship. I think another reason why I'm scared to bring this up is because I don't know how. I genuinely haven't practiced this enough in my life to feel confident to bring up difficult conversations in a manner that doesn't seem too harsh or blunt. And you know what? Not that I should even be worried about that because if it matters so much for me to bring this up, then I should wholeheartedly just embrace it and go. I mean, I think there is a manner of trying to communicate effectively, but as far as being scared of if it comes off too blunt or harsh, I mean, again, that really goes back to not being able to control the perception of somebody else about you. I think what I really concluded on after this brain dump is that being able to communicate difficult conversations is a level of self-respect for yourself and it shows a level of self-worth and that you are willing to have these difficult conversations despite the outcome because this is what will bring you peace. As someone who, I don't want to call myself avoidant, but who has avoided difficult conversations in the past to keep the peace, I think that's all an illusion in that you keep the peace on the surface, but there's something bubbling down inside. It's the inner peace that I'm trying to cultivate in myself. And while having difficult conversations can end in loss, it's a type of loss that brings peace, if that makes sense. And that doesn't mean that loss won't hurt. That doesn't mean that you won't go through stages of grieving. But there's no internal conflict of trying to walk on eggshells or skate around a bigger idea. I wish I had some sort of solution, some step-by-step -step kind of word-by-word -word how to bring up difficult conversations. But in all honesty, all different, all difficult conversations comes in all sorts of sizes and shapes and different ideas. My difficult conversation could be a normal conversation for you and vice versa. What's so interesting is that sometimes my friends will come to me with their difficult conversations and to me, it's not a difficult conversation in that I don't feel like I would have been scared to bring that up. And I think that's also important to keep in mind because maybe what you are feeling so worried about, the other person will embrace with open arms or take it as a normal conversation talking point. I think that idea really just shows how everyone is different. Everyone has different experiences and what they expect in relationship as far as conversation points go and how communication is. And not only are difficult conversations a way to learn about yourself, but they're also a way to learn about the other person. I think dependent on how somebody reacts to you bringing up a difficult conversation can help you better navigate the relationship and maybe even give you some information on what this relationship even means to you. I've definitely had instances where I brought up a difficult conversation and based off of how that person reacted, it definitely made me kind of switch gears on how I perceive that friendship. I think I've gotten to a point now in my life where I really am working on being a better friend, but 
what comes with that is trying to really focus on deep, meaningful friendships and not just friendships that are convenient or ones that are more acquaintance-like. I hope this audio snippet resonated with you in some way, made you think, maybe invited you to think about what type of difficult conversations are necessary in your life. Thank you so much for listening. Bye!